that jarring cacophony tells you you're listening to the Power of Three podcast. We are three lifelong, cheery, middle-aged Doctor Who fans who discuss, enthuse and occasionally criticise the televised, novelised and audio adventures of our favourite time-travelling hero. I'm afraid that we're again at the power of three minus one, which my colleague will now tell you what that number makes. It's the power of two, isn't it? Because who are you? Oh, hello. I'm, I'm David Steele. Who are you? I'm Kenny Smith. Good grief. Where are we? We are actually doing our very own version of the Sontaran Experiment, yes. or Delta and the Bannermen, the Curse of Fenric. Yes, we're on outside broadcast, would you believe? Yes, this whole episode is coming to you live from Queen's Park in Glasgow. Yes. And we've actually got a link to our friend and colleague, Tom Harris, who's not actually here today. He's not with us, sadly. He's he's busy. Tom is busy re-evaluating. That's the best way to sum it up, isn't it? Another of his favourite stories. We're going to speak to you through Ultra Interspace Radio. Which story are you re-evaluating at the moment? Time and the Rani. Fantastic. Good. Well, hopefully hopefully you'll like it a little bit more this time. Right. Well, so, Tom, you, you go and watch that on 1.5 times speed while you leave us to discuss the real grown-up stuff. Right. We'll see you later, Tom. Bye, Tom. Right. So, back to us, Dave, while yeah, Tom's so, enjoying that. What, what do you think we should talk about today, well, Dave? we don't want to do anything too heavy. We've talked we've we've talked for a long time about doing an episode where we talk about some of the, the original Big Finish companions. Should we do that then? That sounds good to me. That'll do it. That sounds good. Let's start with the very first one. Evelyn Smythe. God bless her. Maggie. Played, played by Maggie Stables. So what we, did, you... we did do the Marion conspiracy at one point, I think, didn't we? We did. So we've talked about it a little bit, but obviously we talked about we both listened to because we talked about it. We talked about Project Lazarus a couple of weeks ago. And that was lovely, just sort of being reminded of her. You know, in the days before the T V series came back. It, Big Finish was the new Who, wasn't it? It was. And, and Evelyn was just as important as any character on television that Big Finish were working with. She was fantastic. I think she was hugely important in terms of the Sixth Doctor's life. Yes. Because prior to Big Finish, Colin Baker's Doctor did not have a good rep. He was always coming bottom of polls. Mm. People didn't like him. And just found that the character was too loud and bold and brash. Yeah, I mean there was there been some good stuff done with some of the the Virgin Missing and New Adventure books. There was all the stuff done what's that what was that one of the when he's wearing the Valyard costume, the Craig Millennial Hindu. Rights. Yeah, fantastic Millennial Rights. I was reading that nearly twenty five years ago. There was some good stuff done there, but you're right, Big Finish absolutely gave him the chance to fully inhabit and develop the role in a way that you just was, you know, so unfairly not given the chance to do on, on tele. I nearly said at Christmas. Why? <laughs> on television. And even was a big part of that because she just, by virtue of being so different to characters like Melanie and Perry, it just brought out a whole new side of them. I think that instead of being a more avuncular figure, he was worth somebody who was more his intellectual equal. Obviously, a yes. Time Lord's going to be superior to everyone. Yes. But as far as intelligent human beings go and stimulating company apart from yourself Dave um, <laughs> Evelyn absolutely fitted the bill she was able to reduce his pomposity and his verbosity and just peg him down when yeah. he needed it most yeah it was almost like a it was almost a brother and sister dynamic sometimes you know when they knew each other very well and called each other you know a very grown up relationship you know in a way that they'd never I don't think they'd really done on television probably since Ian and Barbara were around, you know. I mean, when the, for once the doctor wasn't travelling with, as you, when you said, a vuncular, that, that nails it. He wasn't having to protect a child. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
I think we've got uh, such a strong character there and the fact she's she's very human she's got her interests and she loves her chocolate cake yeah, I mean, which is something that, that yeah. is not on, in your face yeah. which is good but it's like we all like a slice of chocolate cake or we all like oh, baking absolutely. or something but you know she, there's very much a sense this was a woman who'd had her own life and because you know they're talking there's a there's a bit in the Marian conspiracy I think they talk about trying to retire or pension her off you know the university but you know she obviously has still has stuff to do and um and I loved it it would have been terrific on TV I mean it's the the one thing I, I always sort of say that I really liked about what Big Finish have done with Colin's stuff is that it always feels authentic you can close your eyes and Im- imagine that you watched it on telly in 1986 or 1987 you know it never feels like a stretch and you know I think if they had done Colin Maggie or maybe it probably wouldn't have been Maggie it would have been another if they'd done The Sixth Doctor and even on telly if the production team had had the wit and imagination to do something like that it would have been fantastic yeah. it really would it would have been terrific and the fact that she's also got a complete story arc as well mm. we, from when yes. she first meets the Doctor yeah. and we are with her until the end of her life as well yeah because they kind of they did it in a to coin a phrase a slightly a timey-wimey sort of way isn't there there's a story with Melanie I can't remember the title of it when they go and visit Evelyn after she's already left and you get her leaving scene sort of in a flashback and then I think there's another story which which deals with it but then she's brought in during the whole Seventh Doctor and Hex and Forge sort of stuff isn't she? Yep. Because I think we talked about that. Project other, Destiny. Yeah, we talked about that briefly the other week as well. So you're right I and mean, it's a full a full complete arc you know arguably done more satisfyingly than a lot of stuff on telly has been done. You know? I think the fact that we get to see her Right to the end, she finds out who Hex is, given that she mm. was so upset with the way the Doctor acted after Cassie's death. Yeah. And the fact that she actually gets to meet him and forge a relationship with mm. him as well and gets you, to meet him. If you pardon the yes, pun. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean it. <laughs> oh, very good. See, this is it. He just makes puns accidentally. Indeed. He can't help it. Natural ability to <laughs> just be bizarre. Um, no, I, th- I think it's it's just such a natural arc, and it's obviously it's something that was never fully intended at the time when we first get to hear about little Tommy. But yeah. the fact it's it's worked on and yeah. cleverly developed. Of course, you've given such a, an arc that led through the sixth and seventh Doctors, you know, and then eventually wound up with stories like Black and White and Gods and Monsters and all that, and with you know obviously involving Hex, and they've been able to go back and use Hex. I mean, it's it's coherence just the word. It was great coming for me. I mean, I listened to a lot of those stories quite long ago long time after they were released I think I said this before um, when we were doing Project Twilight or Lazarus, whichever one it was um, but it was so great just coming to that and experience it, it was like binging a box set it was terrific, so if you haven't listened to all that stuff I really, you know, listeners I would really, really recommend checking it out you know, Sixth Doctor and Seventh Doctor main range, just go for it, oofed yep, I think um, we've made it clear we love Evelyn but oh, yes. when we've been talking about Evelyn obviously we've been mentioning Hex there yes so what do you think of Hex what did you, did you when did you first encounter I him probably well it, it would have been part of my big catch up through 2014 15 2016 because I always say I had a long period and I wasn't listening to Big Finish but I got back into it almost you know what's the word by osmosis because I was listening to Toby Hedox Who's Round podcast and started listening to the Big Finish podcast as a result of that gradually you know, found my way back in. I was, I was surprised by how much I liked Hex. I thought I wouldn't for some reason. Um, I remember being in my sort of wilderness period from Big Finish. I was aware that they created a few new companions, and but the name just—he had a nickname. He wasn't, you know, Hex and Ace. You know, mm, not real people. You know, they're just called Tommy and Dorothy. Maybe I don't know. Maybe it's just me. 
Yeah, I, I was a bit I was a bit resistant to him because it was another Seventh Doctor travelling about with two inverted commas characters rather than people. But no, he, he grew me very quickly because it's um I did listen to his stuff in order. I'm sure. So I'm pretty sure that it, the first story I heard was the the Cyberman one, yep. which was what the I want the, to say the harvest. the harvest. Yeah, that was cracking. Listen to that. I remember that. Listen to that a couple of times. Cybermen in a hospital is genius. Yep. You know. And, and spoilers, people. Yes. Reverse Cybermen yeah. becoming human again. It was phenomenal. Um. And again, as I've, as I've said, you know, as I've, I've laboured now, laboured the point now. Pardon the pun. Sorry, Tom. Um. The the coherence and the organic quality of the way that his his whole arc was played out. You know, was was tremendous. Um. My friend Simon Hodges told me that um, he kind of flagged me up on all the, the relevant stories for the forge that tied in with the whole storyline and I ended up eventually just listening to all of them but am I right in thinking there's I can't remember the story there's one where he gets shot at the end yes that is that the is one with um, one with Florence Nightingale yeah, yeah. and it's also got Hugh Bonneville in it yes he, he gets shot at the end and so there was a cliffhanger and yep. I remember Simon telling me how frustrated he was because it was like a year and a half yes it was <laughs> before it was resolved but I listened to it the next day <laughs> I was like straight on to what, download the next one and straight on to it yep. so yeah I mean it took, me, it took me a long time to get used to Doctor Who being capable of doing these sort of long form storytelling arcs you know because I think on, on TV there's a lot of time they haven't been too satisfying it's felt like they made them up as they go along but there was a real co- measured coherence again like I've said about Evelyn with the Hex stuff which was yep. really really good I'm trying to think of any favourite ones oh, I've, I'm a big fan of Hex I think the character's great I think he's so likeable I think it's Philip Olivier brings so much charm to the part he's instantly you think yeah I could go down the pub with this guy and have a pint yeah. he's very amiable he's very real He's even though he's he's a nurse yeah male nurse in the future I think his actually his first story set in 2021 right okay. so we're 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 on the verge of um, the real Hex being here. Um. Um, should, of course, this universe turn out to be the same as the Doctor Who universe. But I really, really enjoyed his his portrayal. I think he's so warm, he's so likeable, he's got a cheeky charm to him. And I like, I think yeah, it's, what's interesting is his relationship with Ace, because it starts off really flirty, and you think, yep, he likes her, mm. and then it changes, and it becomes far more brother and sisterly. They've done a few stories recently with them that have been set sort of in the past, you know, retconned almost in, and they've kind of they've addressed that again. I'm scrolling through my my own um, big finish account as we speak. The um, li- was it live 24, live yes. 34. That it's was live 24. That was a good one. And the settling was that the one when he gets shot? No, nope, was, was that another one? That's one with Oliver Cromwell. Oh yeah, that was a good. One. Yeah, it's, I remember that. Um, the one with Florence Nightingale. God, that sounds like it's the Friends episode. Yeah, the one, the one with Florence Nightingale. <laughs> I'm not getting the thumbnail cover, so that's not um, that's not prompting it's any recollection. The angel. Of oh yes yes Scutari there That's we go the, the angel of Scutari we yes. got there and it's quite it's quite uh-huh. great it's a really good idea that you have meeting the most famous British nurse of all time. Enemy and of the Daleks. That's um, me of that that's, one. Um, yeah, that's one where the there's a professor who's created oh, some yes. some Dalek killing creatures that are yes. mutant wasp yeah. type things. Yeah, um, I do remember that one now. Aye. They are, yeah. That's what, I really enjoy that one. That was, David Bishop wrote that. One thing I think was good as well is about Hex, as you same as what you said about Evelyn, that he got a full arc because you know they've done a lot of stories the last couple of years where it's been the Doctor and Ace and Melanie, and Melanie's rejoined after having a bit you know time with Glitz, and there's, there's a sense that it picks up for the Doctor and Ace after 
all the hex stuff is going on. I, yep. I really liked how that was done. I liked when the Doctor and Ace went to visit him and he'd married, what's her name? Sally. Yeah, he'd married Sally, who I can't remember, but I thought was great when I was listening to them. Yeah. Um, Played by Amy Pemberton. Yeah, we need some more stories with, you know, was it, who was the other, was Sally was on another? Yep, Lysandra. Um, yeah. Let's have some more stories with them. They Aristide- were Captain Aristides. Yeah, there was plenty of, plenty of room, I felt, at the time they could do a lot more with them. Did but you yeah. hear the Companion Chronicle? They got their own yes, Companion Chronicle yes, with Sylvester, yes, yeah. Yes, I did, that's part of my, my whole my whole big Excellent. binge. And, um... I like the fact you know when the doctor and he's go and visit him and he's you know he's he's a bit older he's put on yep. a bit of weight his hair's thinning out a bit you know he's, and it's one good thing about audio is they can they can pop into these characters and they could do that in such a way that they couldn't do as well on television yep. you know and it's and it obviously makes it easier because obviously there's whole ranges now where they're using actors who are playing the same characters that they played years ago yeah but they're coming back and doing them and in your head they they look exactly. How they're described yeah. or how you picture them, and it's, it's one of the really good things about audio is that they can do that in a way that they can't do on television. Yeah, yeah. So that's hex. So hex, God bless let's him. let's discuss Charlie Pollard. Charlie Charlotte Pollard. Elspeth Pollard. Mm. An interesting companion because I think at the time originally Gary Russell planned that she would be a modern day travel agent or somebody or a tour All right. rep. Okay. And then I decided that let's really go well back. With Doctor as a, as a character, as an yep. idea. Yeah. But he decided, I think it was Jason said, let's go back and do somebody from history. So along came Charlie Pollard. You know, do you know that said that? I think, I think that's a genius idea because I always think that the best Doctor Who companions are those from contemporary earth they reflect. And I can imagine actually, you know, a turn of the century tour rep and someone like Ibiza or, you know, or Malaga or someone. Yep. Absolutely fitting the eighth doctor you know sheridan could have played a character like that you know, yep. perfectly that that would have fitted the eighth doctor exactly that's yep. a brilliant idea why didn't you do that anyway <laughs> but charlotte but charlotte yes yeah so they are that's right they are we have we have talked about this i'm sure before but god do you remember the excitement in the lead up to storm warning coming oh, out it was ridiculous it was that trailer in the apocalypse element is yep. track one before yep. you get into the merchford merchford oh, that's that. exactly <laughs> it um, where's the doctor <laughs> And building up to McGann's first words because you just want to hear him. You keep listening, and there's no sign. Where's McGann's voice? And then it hits you. Yes, such a great trailer. Fantastic. Yes, Um, such a great. Do you do you have that trailer to hand? I strangely enough, I do. Let's let's just have that trailer then. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions. Have you ever heard of the R101? An airship, right? Hundreds of years ago, 1930, it crashed. I was aboard it, but I wasn't. Okay. I can see the flames in my mind's eye, feel them as everything crashed around us, dying. But I wasn't actually there. I was flying on the back of Ramsey to the TARDIS. Ramsey? A vortisaur. I'm losing the plot, honey. A sort of dinosaur bird thing. Then again, maybe there isn't a plot. We left Earth in the TARDIS. We've been on spaceships to Venice in the future, to other planets, other worlds. But there's something else, something missing. What? <gasps> the Doctor! Where's the Doctor? There isn't any such thing as magic, Doctor. Nothing is going to happen here. The pattern is set. Geronimo, Lenin's pyjamas, Tiddlywinks with the Tsarina, and now you can see the future. <laughs> Come on, Doctor. You are pulling my leg. Who are you really? (laughs) You two aren't like the others. Oh, you're listening. I am Pietro. 
Charlie, and he's the doctor, asleep over there. Now, who exactly are you, and just how do you come to be aboard my airship? Steward, what do you mean by bringing some long-haired stowaway into the VIP lounge? Sometimes he's downright rude. He forgets about things like good manners and introductions. I'm Charlie Pollard, and he's the doctor. Who the devil are you, sir? This here is the doctor. Doctor? What doctor? We don't have a doctor on board. Command clearance verified. Search parameters accepted. Initiate search. Database now searching for files. Search complete. Recognition, Dr. Dardis. Intriguing. Do tell. Your friend the doctor seems to be behind this, Charlie. <laughs> He's causing quite a stir. He's very good at that. I need to talk. What about those two? What? So, you're the murderers. Shut up! Who are you? Do go on, Doctor. I have no idea who you are, but you are being extremely diverting. This moral discussion is irrelevant. Secure him. Let him go! Silence! Take these humans to the commercial chamber. The Doctor will be frozen. What about the Earth Alliance's proposition? It is meaningless. Ah. Is that the greetings, Evelyn? I can do this too. How? That's good, isn't it? Geronimo taught me that. How? There, you got the hang of it already. Charlie, look there. It's the Doctor. Poor fellow. Shallow breathing. He's in a coma of some sort. Doctor, if only I'd realised when you spoke to me yesterday from your cell. If only I could have done something to help you. Well, that's comforting to hear. Doctor! Doctor, but... Hello, Charlie. I see you've met my best friend. Ah, I thought I was your best friend. Ah, listen to myself. Don't tell people they're your best friend. How are you, Doctor? Good to see you. I should have guessed it was you. Just didn't dream of seeing you here. Alistair, you're looking younger every day. Oh, <laughs> Now then, both of you, I'd quite like to leave this dreadful place, and you can, um, what's the vernacular here? Oh, yes, bring me up to speed. By the way, Alistair, thank you. Uh, what for? Looking after Charlie for a start, but also just for being here. I feel a lot safer now. <laughs> well, I do declare, you might just be the oddest man I've ever met. You know, that's just what the Empress Alexandra said. Still, I'm the doctor, by the way. Oh, I'm Charlotte, Charlotte Pollard. Charlie to my friends. Well, then it's Charlie. Tell you what, shall we explore? I remember for ages afterwards, me and Tony next would say, you know, Tony, thank you for being here. <laughs> Why? Because I feel much safer now. Cause I remember um, being, I think, at the... It might even have been at Panopt- one of the Panopticons, I can't, or one of the, the... How long has it been since Star Warning now? That was 2001. Right, so it must, there must have been a convention round about then, and I remember David Darlington rolling his eyes at me in disgust because I said something to him and Robert along the lines of, thank you for being here, I feel a lot safer now. <laughs> and he went, oh God, you're doing the McGann trailer. And I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and why not? Absolutely. It was a damn good one. Now, I, I think Charlie was very important because we needed to... Here's the McGann doctor who we've not... Yeah. He's not completely established. Yeah. With Charlie... We get very much, and, and Russell T. Davis later said a lot of Rose was based on how Charlie interacted with the Doctor right. to show that they can have that on the companion side, a romantic interest in the Doctor. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, Charlie loved the Doctor, and the Doctor loved Charlie as a friend, but That's it was right. a different kind of love. Yeah. And I think it was, it was so great. I mean, I, I think 
when India Fisher starts playing it, you just there's that the voice is just absolutely what you would expect for the daughter of a lord from yeah. 1930s. I mean, oh yeah, I mean, I I kind of sometimes think that that Charlie outstayed her welcome. That's or maybe that's too harsh a way of putting it. Maybe stayed a bit longer than she should have. Um, but the fact that she did was just a testament to how good India Fisher was and how popular the character was. Yeah. You know, that's that's the bottom line of it. I mean, I've never not enjoyed a story that she'd been in um, what's your favourite Eighth Doctor and Charlie story then Kenny? I love I mean, I've been on I think I've said many times Storm Warning is is just right. my favourite I think it's it's the story that made me from a Doctor Who fan into a Doctor Who audio fan but right. then became a proper Big Finish fan Right. and that and that inspired me to do the fanzine mm-hmm. that, of course. that led to me doing yeah. proper Big Finish stuff Yeah. and it's so important to me because I just think it's, it's such that first episode it's just it hits the ground running. Yes, we've got the doctor talking to himself, but we need that to to get it done. And once we get past that, boom! Yeah. It's just bang, I, bang, bang. I wonder, have they ever? And I'm sure I've asked you this before. So apologies if I have, especially if we've done it on the podcast. Have they ever done a story about that time ship that he sees crashing? Yes. Again? Have they? Yeah. Oh, it's what in, was that in? Is it the start of Terra Firma? Is it? And who's on board ah. that time ship? Davros. Right, that's why that's why I've blanked it because I hated that story. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Joe Lidster. Sorry, Terry. I love it. Ter- you know, Terry was Terry, but I no, it wasn't so much that I hated the story. I I was I felt that a lot of the, shall we say, the continuity implant stuff was a bit clangy. Right, I'd wondered, I couldn't. I don't even know if I, when I listened to that story at the time if I picked that up. That was what was going on. Oh. Maybe I'll have to try. Oh God, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have to try and listen to Terra Firma again. <laughs> uh, was there not a cliffhanger? Is there not a cl- cliffhanger for another story that leads into the combat? Is that yes, that's the end of the next life. Right, and, and it's uh, and yeah, they wander out and exactly. ah, Doctor, I have been expecting you. Most of those stories I've only heard once. Yeah, <clears throat> um, and I wasn't a bit. Uh, no. The thing, the thing we always have to talk about with Charlie, I mean, is her intro is perfect. I mean, I, I used to think that one good way of bringing the series back would have been, you know, in the same way like series like Sharp or Hornblower, where you got a movie, a series of movies every few months or whatever. And that first McGann series would have been, in, you know, over four consecutive Sundays in 2001 and 2002 as movies would have been phenomenal mm-hmm. and they could have you know they could have done the R101 they could have done the Cybermen they could have done Venice Stones of Venice Minuet in Hell and all that yeah. sort of stuff and got Nicholas Courtney and, and Briggsy could have played his guy and it would have been terrific I still think of those initial four stories so so fondly because it yeah. was it was new Doctor Who mm-hmm. with the, with a, do- a new Doctor and yeah. it was so exciting you know um I'm sure we have talked about them on here before, but what, you know, stuff it. We'll talk about them again. I do feel that a lot of Doctor Who companions should have a shelf life, though. There's, there have been times over the years when I've got been a bit bored with Ace. You know, I remember, you know, the, during the novels especially, it, it felt like, you know, I didn't miss Ace when she left in Set Piece, for example. Mm. You know, because I, you know we'd had we'd had her for a long time, and I felt with Charlie there was maybe there was a bit of that too. We kind of um. Well, she moved over to the Sixth Doctor. Well. I think, you know, I don't, I don't want to say outstay their welcome because it's too harsh, but I think we got enough. But then when she went over to the Sixth Doctor, that was a brilliant storytelling idea, but I really hated the way they resolved it. It was really... I can't... Right, get remind, I think this is, this is how, how I remember it being, because, again, most of these I've only heard once. The Doctor goes away thinking, not thinking of as Charlie, but as of someone else. As Mila. Yep. Yeah. Um, is there not... Was there not a whole thing about someone... 
nearly replaced Charlie. So it was a Dalek it was experiment. It a possession thing yep. or something? And or? she copied Charlie, and then yes. the real Charlie was left and went with the Virons. Yeah. Um, because even in the, the last adventure, there's a, there's a slight reference to it when, when the Doctor's doing his, his, his walk-down sort of speech. And I felt it was... It was very unsatisfying. I felt there should have been a an eighth Doctor, sixth Doctor team up sort of thing that should have resolved it or something. And with with Colin having his memory, maybe erased or or some in, in a satisfying way that it, you know we've had all these river box sets when the Doctors had to have his memory erased and it's become a bit a bit of a cliche now. But I felt very underwhelmed by the way that the Charlie arc was ultimately resolved. I haven't heard any of her solo stuff, so I can't comment on those. I mean, what, what do you have you heard of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah I've, I've quite enjoyed them. I think the fact she's a strong enough character to oh, yeah. take the lead. Um, she's uh, through a bit of a tough time escaping from the Virons, having worked as their agent uh-huh. and uh, evaded them, then returned to Earth. And the friendly rogue Viron perhaps isn't so friendly after all. And uh, at the end of series two of Charlie, then it's left on a cliffhanger. Right. So, what's your favourite yeah, story? Yeah, yeah, my, my favourite Charlie story, this might surprise you, it's the one that, God bless him, Alan Barnes wrote for the Destiny of the Doctors. 50th anniversary series. Yep. Enemy. Alien. Enemy, yeah. Fantastic. Absolute knockabout. Really exciting. Really enjoyable. Um, has a bit of that romantic Charlie Spark for the Doctor that you that you talked about, but it never kind of gets in the way. It really felt like the perfect combination of what we'd seen of the McGann Doctor and Telly at that point, and what Big Finish had done and what the book's done. So yeah, that was my that was my favourite Charlie story. So. There was another one as well. Other Lives was that what it was called? Yes. That was a cracker. That was my other favourite one. With as well. Yeah. That was again just really really enjoyable. Not trying to do anything overly serious or over significant, but just a really enjoyable story. And I did enjoy. I must say that for all I've said about her, I felt that maybe she maybe outstayed her welcome. I did enjoy the fact that she was in um, the light at the end, the yep. 8th Doctor, the other 50th anniversary release. That was it was nice to have her back. Yeah. And the fact she got to meet Tom's doctor as well yeah. was good. Yeah, it's quite. Um, no, I think she's she's a good character, and and, and India Fisher is just absolutely nailed. Oh, I, I mean, she, her voice we is perfect. We haven't said enough about that. I mean, India's obviously absolutely committed, and is just is brilliant. Um, it's in some ways, you know, I think Charlie's probably maybe the definitive big finish companion. I think I know you've you've. Uh, there's another someone else who, who's probably your favourite, and I know that I have. There's another original Big Finish companion who's my favourite. Yeah, but, but I think Charlie is just mm. a little bit, you know, because of Maggie was first and all, but Charlie was a new character with to all intents and purposes a new Doctor. Yeah, and I think you know because of that, I think she needs to be elevated a little bit higher than say perhaps um, Lucy Miller or Flip Jackson. Yeah, but before we come to those pair, yes. Why don't we see what some of our beloved listeners have been saying? All right. Because um, through the power of magic, <laughs> or also known as me taking screenshots, we have actually got some listeners' emails. I went on Twitter. When did you do that? The other day. All right, I must have missed that. And, in fact, it was the 1st of September. Really? That's and uh, I asked, ever. who's your favourite out of the companions we've been discussing today? Christopher Clark, who's at Chris underscore Cyber, says, without a doubt, Lucy. She is kind, funny and northern. She's not afraid to hold the Doctor to account and tell him off or anyone else. Would have loved to see Lucy appear in the TV show even just as a cameo. You and me both. Gareth, who is at Liquid Paranoia, says Evelyn Smythe, just a wonderful character. Great to have an older companion in the mix. I really wish there were more. Carrick Nisbet, who is at Carrick of the Ord, says Evelyn, partly because I love her dynamic with Six. (laughs) 
Tarek, <laughs> partly because I love her dynamic with the sixth doctor, but I'm also predisposed to older companions because there's so few of them. Also, she's an academic chocoholic that is intensely relatable, and she gets an arc, an arc with a great ending that nine years on still makes me cry. Here's some more. Uh, here's one from Dan, who's at Leonard underscore Daniels. The Sixth Doctor and Evelyn have just such a warm rapport. They are sincerely my favourite TARDIS team, like Charlie with The Sixth Doctor in her solo stuff, but find her and The Eighth Doctor just a bit much together. Mm, disagree. Um, but that's all the beauty of it. Yeah, have I, your opinions, have no, your matter, opinions. Yep. no matter how wrong they are, uh, as Tom would no doubt tell us. Um, Sam Lowe says Evelyn and Charlie. Script scribbles. You can't make me choose between Hex and Evelyn. That's not fair. Matthew Cressel says, Charlie, if I was going to travel with anyone in that list, it, it would be her. Wilfrig says, Kenny, that's too hard. Evelyn, because she was an amazing counterpoint and a mature companion. Charlie, because she is amazing, sensitive and brave. Lucy, because she is Lucy Bloomin' Miller. Lucy Bleeding Miller, Wilfrig. Um, gritty, funny and fantastic. Higgs, because his mam was a product of the forge and he's brave. We're nearly done. Pierre Lenné says Evelyn because she was different and lovable. Ian Carter says, I love Maggie Stables as Evelyn and she was the perfect companion for Sawbones Hex in the same way Charlotte Pollard was perfect for Paul McGann. However, I think Lucy Miller has to be my favourite as I could easily see Sheridan Smith translate her brilliantly to the TV show. Marius Elaclius says, Evelyn Smythe has to be the best. She was an equal to the Sixth Doctor. She battled Daleks, Cybermen, Silurians and many more monsters. Here's one that we want to have. We want from Carol Williams. I love Flip. Very charming. Great. And Hex was also great. Apparently I missed out. Erwin, don't worry. Erwin will feature in another episode. Jimmy Wolf at Captain Jimmy Pie says, has to be Lucy. Firstly, because Sheridan Smith is awesome. But secondly, because she was my first big Finnish companion. Interesting. So there's, a, there's a wee mix. Oh, hang on. Talking. Oh. Here's one from Melvin Pena. Yes. Melvin says, it's an impossible choice among such luminaries. If I had to choose, it would be a death match between Lucy and Evelyn and would probably end in an exhausted draw. Death match, Melvin. Come on, man. That's just a little bit much. Let's, let's, just, um, let's just leave it as the fact yeah. you like them both and nobody has to die. Of course. So Everybody lives. So that, that, I suppose, inevitably brings us, given she was mentioned a few times there, to, to that Lucy Miller. Yes. Now, I have to say, I've still only, at this point, only heard the first Lucy series. I have them all. I do I do own them all. I did buy them when the, la- the last time they were on sale. No, I bought season two a while ago, and I bought season three and four the last time they were on sale. Um, I'm desperately looking forward to listening to a story called The Book of Kells, but I won't go into reasons for that just yet. But, yeah, Lucy Miller, she's your favourite. Now, is this just because you love Sheridan, or... Or what? No, or <laughs> it's definitely probably a bit of or what. I think, as I've said previously, I think in our episode of Blood of the Daleks, I mentioned how much I, I loved her, I'd followed her career. So when she got cast as a Doctor Who companion, it was just outstanding news yeah. for me. I was delighted. Yeah. But I I just warmed to the character instantly. What is it you like about her? I like the fact that she's she says it exactly how it is. She's ballsy, she's brassy, 
there's no messing with her. She's, um, mm-hmm. I mean, and to all intents and purposes, she really could be Scottish because she'd headbutt you um, <laughs> if you messed around. Uh, no, I, I just, I found, I've instantly warmed to her. I think the fact she's just so normal. There's no pretenses about her. The fact she refers to the doctor as a ponce in a frock coat and, and saying, is your hair a wig? You know, just <laughs> things that real people would say. And I think that's what makes her yeah. so in, endearing to me <clears throat> and so relatable. Yeah. And, and I know so many people like her as well. See, it's interesting because um, I've made no secret of saying that my favourite Big Finish original companion is is Flip, played by Lisa Greenwood. And I've gone, I've even gone as far as to say that I think Flip might be my favourite Doctor Who companion, full stop. It's for very similar reasons. She's utterly believable as a real person, in a way that Lucy is as well. But Flip, I used to I used to work in um, an HMP and Flip reminds me of so many so many I'm not going to say girls so many young women who I worked with over the years you know it was their weekend job they had their whole life outside the shop Flip is so off her time you know mentions of um, you know JLS and X Factor and stuff like that she's utterly believable as a real genuine modern and I, know, I knew so many girls who were just so like her, so worried about their boyfriend. There's a brilliant scene in our first story, our first proper full story, um, The Curse of Davros, which is my favourite Big Finish Doctor Who story. Do you want to, um, maybe should we play the intro for that? Let's hear the trailer for that. Yeah, then. OK. It's lucky because I've actually, let's just play it in, in the middle of this park <laughs> in Glasgow. Yeah. the scenes there's a scene when Flip has to phone in sick right and and Lisa Lisa is phenomenal the character she plays has such a real emotional intelligence you know what I mean and that that's one of the things that reminds me a lot of the girls that I used to work with because they you know they might not have read every single book they might not have seen every single movie or heard every single album but they have so much heart and they're you know and they're genuine and they're warm and the scene when she phones in sick to work is you know because she's got a cough or whatever it's, it's hilarious but then the scene and this is probably my favorite scene in doctor who history when flip was brought before napoleon and i listened to this story very recently and it's very very funny the curse of davros by johnny morris i can't praise it enough there's a brilliant scene when the doctor and davros meet and the doctor says you're expecting someone else and it's oh, it's took me really it's absolutely <laughs> hilarious flip meets napoleon 
and you know he asks what she what she what she knows and what she's heard and she says well I know that at Waterloo Napoleon did surrender <laughs> and Napoleon says what who told you about this and Flip's response is Abba <laughs> so in HMV Glasgow Fort when I listened to the story we everyone just pronounced them Abba or Abba for the rest of the time we were there it just sums up that juxtaposition it's like the police box in the junkyard you know it's like it's a 21st century shop girl meeting a French dictator and talking about Abba it's 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 perfect so of course Flip had a rather different journey to becoming a companion given that she had yeah. a, a story and then <clears throat> they brought her back that's later. right yeah of course because she was introduced in the crimes of Thomas Brewster and obviously we'll probably talk about Thomas another time actually because he's he'd quit a lark as well but yeah she was a, a sort of a guest supporting character in that story and obviously Lisa was phenomenal so they, they said right let's get her back she's terrific and it's it's very hard for me to articulate why but she really she just reminds me of so many real people who I've known and that's a combination of Johnny's writing and Lisa's playing and you know the direction that she's given she's she's just so believable and I genuinely think that the best Doctor Who companions are contemporary of you know young ladies with their own concerns and their own lives and Lisa is just she she is hilarious she plays the, the clever deep dark emotional stuff really really well and the funny stuff Immaculately, also, you know, she's 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 my fave. But yeah. Well, see, the thing that I mean, I I could say exactly the same about Lucy, but the thing that Lucy didn't get, which obviously Flip did, was the fact that Lucy never had romantic interest. Right. Yes, there's a little bit in uh, Immortal Beloved where she takes a fancy to some of the cast. Right. Um, but which, she never which, actually, um, which series is that? That's from series one where there's oh, right. Zeus being reincarnated oh, and such like. Yes, I do remember. Um, and younger bodies like Kalkin yes, and such like. Yeah. And she gets to have a nude scene in that as well. It happens in story. I'm not just saying that for the sheer <laughs> hell of it. Um, and we get, you know, she gets. Did you pause the audio a few times when you were listening to that oh, yeah. one? Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> rewind that several times. Pictures are far better in your mind. That was a high five, rate, listeners. Uh, I nearly called you readers. Apologies. Um, yes. Lol. So yes, I, that was about the only thing that Lucy never got was a romantic interest. Right. We get to meet members of her family with Auntie Pat. Of course. And there's an awful lot going on, which I'm not going to mention because you've still got to come yeah, to that. Yeah. And she's somebody whose story does have a finite lifetime as well. Yeah. I mean, well, you see, I've, I had all that spoiled a long time ago, but we won't we won't go into the details just yet because I don't really know the, the full details. But essentially, yep. they've done. I know that they've done one box set with Sheridan subsequently, haven't yep. they? And it's I mean they might I'm sure they're gonna do some more so maybe they'll, they'll maybe that'll be something that they'll pursue. Maybe they'll give her a, a box set worth of romance. <laughs> maybe she'll meet someone in story one and he'll get killed off in episode four. <laughs> Lucy in love. <laughs> That's about to happen. Yeah, knowing Lucy's luck, absolutely. But I think that, that further adventures box set is fantastic. Is that set during when's that set? At the end of series one after right. human resources right. and before deadline. That's that's the interesting thing about about Flip is that um, you know, she kind of is introduced with her character, you know, her boyfriend Jared, and then there's the the slightly fudged way that she's written out, but then she comes back a few years later, and she, you know, there's a bright bit with the Doctor and, and Mrs. Clark, and we haven't talked about Constance yet. Again, maybe we'll do it we'll episode next time when they pick her up at her wedding, and she's now Mrs. Ramon, yeah. and there's always that sense that you know she's flips very like I've seen, I've seen a few people being a bit disparaging towards Flip saying she's just a you know a pound shop equivalent to Rose very wrong because you know there's, there's a similar aspect of being slightly dissatisfied with aspects of their lives but frankly I think Lisa's a much better actor no offence Billy Billy's a brilliant actor but Lisa just is next level she has so much more nuance and I think Flip's much more likeable 
than Rose can be sometimes. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I no. think that's interesting because I find I, I like her interaction with Mrs. Clark, particularly recently when we've had them. Yes. Uh, yes. Having a little bit of conflict in Chris yes. Chapman's fab script. Yes. Yes, Scorched Earth by Chris Chapman. Phenomenal. Fantastic. Where you've Absolutely got phenomenal. Story modern, of the year. modern sensibilities meeting 1940s. Yeah. When it, we have a woman who's been who's had a romantic relationship with a German soldier. Yeah. And we should say it, this story set during World War Two in, yes. in France. Yeah. And this woman has her hair shaved off, mm-hmm. and to Flip's sensibilities, it's the equivalent of being assaulted. But to Constance, she it's, it's a, a justifiable yeah, punishment for collaborating. Yeah. It's a measure of how good Miranda and Lisa are that, that all those scenes are phenomenal real tension I mean I really enjoyed that story definitely the highlight of the year so far for, for me for B, from a BF point of view I just think they're so good the, the two characters and the fact there's no there's no jealousy when there's an extra body in the TARDIS when Flip comes back and it's the fact they got on yeah. and it is great it's nice to have that yeah. it's it a helps. very bizarre pairing but it works yeah I mean, it's just it's just what I said already. It's juxtaposition. You know, the, the they work so well because they are so different. Yeah. You know, contemporary and then you know, obviously, Constance is a contemporary of herself as far as she's concerned. But I, they work very very well together. Um, hopefully, we'll get a few more stories yep. from them. Before I, too I long. mean, to be honest, I think we've been blessed. The fact that you look at the five companions we've discussed today. There's so much more we can say about them. We can yes. sit here for another hour, but I know. obviously we don't want to bore you all at home. And it's getting a bit cold. It, oh, that's the most important part. <laughs> and there are a few spots of rain. Yes, it's starting to drizzle a bit. But um, we've thoroughly enjoyed ourselves here. Yes. Um, yeah, it's got me. I think yeah, I feel a little bit more motivated towards getting on with listening to the rest of the Lucy Miller stuff because I've been very remiss in doing that. So maybe I should crack on with series two. Yep. Fantastic. On that note, we should, like check in, we should probably check in with Tom. Yes. Last time you changed your mind and your favourite story became Dimensions of Time, but do you have a new story that you love the most today that you want to tell us about? What is its name, Tom? Time and the Rani. Oh, wow. Brilliant. Good. I'm really pleased. That's that's lovely. Excellent. Yeah, I'm Time and the Rani. It's just... I'm glad to hear it. Yeah, another turnaround, Tom. So, everybody, thank you for listening. Yes. If you want to leave us a nice, positive review, please do so on iTunes. Other podcast sources are available. Follow us on Twitter at Power of Three Pod. That's... I'm interrupting, but I don't care. You can find Kenny on Twitter at Finished Scene. Yep. And you can find me on Twitter at David Steele, spelt D A V A D S T W E L. So give us a follow yep. as well. And you can find Tom, um, but he's not here to tell us now. He's away to go and watch uh, Time and the Rani yet again. He's, he's, I think he's going to watch it with the commentary now. He's a, and then he's going to watch all the bonus features. And then, yep. he's, going to, then he's going to watch it with the information text. Yep. He's going and to go Time and the Rani crazy. Uh, yeah, and then he's going to watch it naked. So we'll, And that bombshell. I think it's time that um, we say fairly well to our beloved listeners Dave do you have any final thoughts you haven't given us a joke today Ken oh well in that case off the right it's on the yeah boom right, go make it related to one of the companions okay what Doctor Who story featuring the companions we've mentioned today is all about a Scottish city on fire um I don't know scorched pear <laughs> rubbish yeah rubbish Anyway, everybody, thanks for listening and we'll be back soon with another episode of The Power of Two or The Power of Three. Take care, everyone. Goodbye. So long. Farewell. Thanks for all the fish. Yes, we're going to play out now with a song that I mentioned, Flip mentioning. This is ABBA's Eurovision winner, Waterloo.